faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman who today finds it necessary once again to call on his friend Batman for assistance. We'll join them in just a moment. But first, here's Superman himself with a personal message for you. Hello, everyone. This is Superman bringing you best wishes for a very Merry Christmas from Lois Lane, Perry White, Jimmy Olsen, and myself. You know, after so many years of half-heartedly celebrating this wonderful holiday while the world was at war, while the many men and women we knew and loved were scattered all over the globe, Christmas today is very extra special. It's special because many of our friends and relatives are back home to celebrate Christmas with us. And because once more, peace on earth, goodwill to men is more than just a beautiful phrase. On this Christmas Day, let's all determine to do everything we can to see that this remains a lasting peace on earth through the everyday practice of goodwill to men. You see, wars grow out of misunderstanding, hate, and intolerance. All things that were preached against by the Prince of Peace, whose nativity we celebrate today. Now, if we try to understand our fellow men, if we avoid hate and banish intolerance, we would do away with a cause for war, and this scourge would forever disappear from the earth. Try to remember always that, as Abraham Lincoln said, all men are created equal. Regardless of race, creed, or color, we're all humans, entitled to the same respect and privileges. Here in America, all of us, black and white, Catholic, Protestant, and Jew, are all Americans. And we must live together peaceably at home if we are to live in peace with the rest of the world. Let's see that forever hereafter there is peace on earth, goodwill to men. A Merry Christmas to you all. Now, the adventures of Superman. Welcome to the Thrilling Adventures of Superman, a podcast where Superman still stands for truth, justice, and the Christmas spirit. My name is Michael Bradley, and this is episode 51, or as I like to call it, the first ever Thrilling Adventures of Superman Christmas Spectacular. Is that you, Santa Claus? I'm preparing for some Christmas sharing, but I pause because hang in my stocking, I can hear knocking. Is that you, Santa Claus? Shoe is dark out, ain't the slightest spark out upon my clacking jaw. Who's there? Who is it? Uh, stopping for a visit? Is that you, Santa Claus? Are you bringing a present for me? Something pleasantly pleasant for me. That is just what I've been waiting for. Would you mind slipping it under the dough? Old winds are howling. Or could that be growling? My legs feel like straw. Yeah, my, my, oh me, my. 
kindly will you reply? Is that you, Santa Claus? Last December, my good pal Charlie Niemeyer took an episode of his podcast, Superman in the Bronze Age, to look at a Superman-themed Christmas story. I got home from my Christmas festivities last year and played that episode, and I I really enjoyed having a Christmas-themed Superman podcast to listen to as I was winding up the holiday. So I decided to borrow his idea for this show this year, hopefully to bring a little Superman to your holiday. Now, there are a handful of Golden Age Christmas stories featuring Superman. I intentionally took them off the table when picking the stories for this episode, as we'll be covering those when they come up in the normal order. But there are plenty of other holiday-themed comic stories from throughout the years, many of them featuring Superman. And we're going to celebrate the season by looking at one of my favorites, plus another story from the book that I liked quite a bit. So grab a hot cup of cocoa, get your Superman Snuggie, and cozy up by the fireplace as we look at World's Finest Christmas, a story that was originally printed in DCU Holiday Bash number 3 from 1998. Credits for this 12-page story are Carl Kiesel Writer, Dave Taylor Layouts, Klaus Jansen Finishes, Jason Wright Colors, and Bill Oakley Letters. And the entire issue had Darren Vincenzo as editor and Joseph Illich as associate editor. This particular story also has a dedication to M. Yuri. I presume Michael Yuri, who was a former editor and writer for DC Comics. Our story begins with a memory. It's Christmas morning, and Clark Kent is ten years old. Young Clark eagerly rips the colorful wrapping paper off the first gift from Mon Paul to find a brand new Captain Adventure action figure. As Clark excitedly pulls the figure from his package and begins to play, Paul tells him that unfortunately they were unable to get any disguises for the figure, such as those worn by the Justice Society or other masked mystery men. Oh, Captain Adventure doesn't need a mask, Paul, Clark says. Away to adventure! Throwing his arms around his adoptive parents, Clark gives them a loving hug. This is the best present I ever got. And you're the best present we ever got, Clark, Ma replies. Time folds forward to the present day as we find Superman soaring above a metropolis suburb, surprised to see his friend Batman battling a giant Captain Adventure robot. Superman swoops in to draw the robot's fire as Batman tries to get the nearby house's occupants to safety in their car. But the robot leaps forward, smashing the car. Batman seemingly tries to take the giant down by hand, but is easily slapped away. As Captain Adventure gloats about his unbeatable power, he is surprised to find a ticking bat grenade stuck near the hilt of his sword. The blast takes off the robot's arm, but it charges ever forward as Superman swoops in again for a second strike. The robot demands that the heroes turn over Sam Latham, or all will bow before the power of his cosmic ray blaster. But, undeterred by the robot's latest threat, Superman grabs the robot's remaining arm, twisting it back so the gun's fire hits the robot's leg, disabling it for good. The robot falls. Superman flies off, and soon, from the wreckage of the robot, climbs its pilot. None other than Winslow Shot, a.k.a. the Nefarious Toy Man. 
Shot tries to escape down a nearby alley, only to be cornered by both Superman and Batman and taken into police custody. Latham explains that years ago, he worked for Shot, but had since broken off to create his own, more modern toys. They've put all their savings into a prototype, and while it's too close to Christmas for a deal now, he's sure one will be coming soon. I'd heard Winslow had gone around the bend, Mr. Latham tells the heroes, but I never thought he'd come after me, all because he thought I betrayed him and his beloved toys by working on something new. Merry Christmas, huh? What Christmas, Dad? His son replies. Exactly everything we had was trashed. No house, no Christmas tree, no Adventure Force action figures under the tree. His mother tries to console him. Now, Corey, we still have each other. Yes, Latham agrees. Thanks to these fine heroes, the finest in the world. Batman begins to leave, and Superman follows, imploring with him that there is still much more to be done for the family. It's Christmas, Superman pleads. This family has nothing. We have to do something. Give them some sense of hope. The boy isn't hurt. His parents are alive, says Batman curtly. That's more than some people can hope for. Everything else is replaceable. Not if you've lost your entire world, Superman says. Do it your way then, Batman replies, and I'll do it mine, before speeding off. Shortly, we find Superman arriving at back at the remains of the Latham's house. In his arms are a stack of building materials. Since I helped make a mess of your property, he says, it's only right I help clean up. Figuring there's no stopping the Man of Steel, the Latums and their neighbors don't interfere. And soon, what before their twinkling eyes should appear, but a brand new house, custom built by Superman himself. It's not much, really, Superman says, but it's a start. And it should be up to code, too. Just my way of saying, Merry Christmas. Corey's eyes then widen in holiday glee as Superman reaches back to his cape pouch and reveals another surprise. A brand new Adventure Force Solar Rider action figure. Oh man, this is the best present I ever got, Corey says with excitement. Superman starts to relate how he almost said the same thing about a gift he got as a child, but is interrupted by the arrival of a limousine. From the limousine comes Alfred Pennyworth, representative of the Wayne Foundation. He tells Mr. Latham that Wayne sent him as soon as he saw his new toy prototype, and would like to offer him a job designing toys for needy children. Latham happily accepts, and before leaving, Alfred also hands Corey a gift in the form of a brand new Adventure Force Night Scout action figure. Your employer's very generous, Mr. Pennyworth, Superman says. I don't think some people realize how compassionate um, Bruce Wayne really is. Perhaps you're right, sir, Alfred replies, but I assure you, Ever since Mr. Wayne was a child, no one knows what it's like to have nothing at Christmas more deeply than he. And we cut to Wayne Manor, gloriously decorated for Christmas, with a fully trimmed 15-foot tree, presents, gifts, cards, and more underneath, and Bruce Wayne, alone in front of the fireplace, solemnly remembering his parents. Such a nice story. Definitely one of my favorites from the modern era. Well, I'm not sure if you can consider 1998 the modern era anymore, but still, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Well, I need to stoke the fire a little bit and refill my cocoa mug, so we're going to take a quick break. Please enjoy some seasonal music, and I will be right back.
It's the best time of the year I don't know if there'll be snow But have a cup of cheer Have a holly jolly Christmas And when you walk down the street Say hello to friends you know And everyone you meet Ho, ho, the mistletoe hung where you can see Somebody waits for you Kiss her once for me Have a holly jolly Christmas And in case you didn't hear Oh, by golly, have a holly jolly Christmas this year Have a holly jolly
He smiled at me Me and my drum Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the world. While field and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy, repeat the sounding joy, repeat, repeat the sounding joy. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love and wonders of his love and wonders and wonders of Welcome back. I took a peek outside while I was up and didn't see any sign yet of Santa Claus, but I am sure he's on his way. The good news is, that means we've got time for one more tale. This issue has several other stories, featuring Wonder Woman, Robin, the Western hero Batlash, and more. So, this next story we're going to look at is from the same book, once again, DCU Holiday Bash number 3. It doesn't happen to feature Superman, but I think you'll like it anyway. It features Impulse, a character created by Mark Wade and Mike Raringo and introduced in 1994 in the pages of The Flash. This 10-page story is titled No Bart, There Is No Santa Claus. Credits are Mark Wade and Devin Grayson Writers, Craig Rousseau Penciler, Mike Sellers Inker, Jason Scott Jones Colorist, and Clem Robbins Letterer. I really like the design on these pages, too. They've framed each page with a border of snow and snowflakes. It's, it's very Christmassy. But we open as Bart Allen, a.k.a. Impulse, anxiously awaits the coming of Christmas. He counts down the days, quickly does all his chores, and sneaks to the house in hopes of staying on Santa's nice list in order to get a Blastomatic 3000 game. On Christmas Eve, as Bart peeks through the presents under the tree, trying to guess what's in each one, his guardian and mentor, Max Mercury, asks him what makes him so sure there's a video game waiting for him. I'm not, 
Bart replies matter-of-factly, but there will be. Santa's going to bring it. Max disapprovingly tells him he's a bit old for such an improbable myth as Santa, and asks, how much do you know about Santa anyway? I've heard about him, Bart replies. Secret headquarters, red suit, travels at super speed. What's so improbable about that? Soon we find Max and Bart, as impulse, out for a run. Bart, Santa's not real, Max tells him. Think about it. How could he always know who's good and who's bad? He reads minds, like Martian Manhunter, Bart replies. He supposedly puts a finger against his nose and disappears in a wink, Max says. Without missing a beat, Bart replies, Batman doesn't even need the finger. And he shrinks down chimneys, Max says, like the Atom or... Great, now you've got me doing it. Look, granted, it's a nice idea, but people aren't that selfless. This man spends his whole life in service of people he doesn't even... Hello? Bart interrupts. Superman! Yes, Bart, but even Superman can't be everywhere at... once. And we see a panel with Bart appearing in several places at once, using his super speed to zip around. It's, it's quite cute. But soon we find our heroes at the North Pole. Okay, reality check, says Max. North Pole, look around. No workshop, no elves, no reindeer. How do you explain that, Bart? There's only one answer. And it's then, and only then, that Bart realizes Max is right. There can only be one answer. Bart's eyes grow wide in sadness, shock, and horror as he says Santa Claus has been kidnapped. realization, Bart rushes off. People are waiting for their presence, and with Santa missing, Bart is determined to fill in. Later we catch up with Bart, now dressed in a Santa costume, as he races through the city delivering gifts to everyone he comes across. Max returns back home and tries to calm himself down. There's only so much trouble he can get into today of all days. He won't have gotten far. After all, where does he think he's going to find presents at this time of and Max looks at the tree to find all the presents that were once below it, gone. We then meet up again with Bart, very much dejected as he is now out of gifts to deliver. But, one light bulb later, and Bart heads to the Battlecom Electronics plant, makers of the Blastomatic 3000 game. He tells the owner he has an emergency and asks if he has any copies of the game lying around. The owner then directs him to a warehouse full of hundreds of crates of promo copies of the game waiting to be mailed. You sure this is what everyone on your list wants? The owner asks. Who wouldn't? Bart says, and soon he is racing throughout the world delivering copies of the game to homeless people, the elderly, members of the British Royal Guard, soldiers in a battlefield and along the Great Wall of China, even the guard dog at the local bank. When he returns home, he explains to Max what he did and where he got the games, but Max is not quite pleased. Bart, what do you think a little girl in Bangladesh is going to do with a copy of a Blastomatic 3000 game? How can she even play the game? Where will she... But he stops short when he notices the sadness in Bart's eyes. What? Max asks. What is it? And Bart replies, I thought you said it was the thought that counts. 
Okay, Max says. Your intentions are good. But you realize you gave away all your own presents too, don't you? Tree's empty. I'm sorry. But Bart is still saddened, thinking Max is giving him nothing but coal in his stocking. As Max starts to walk into the next room, he continues to try and console Bart. I mean it. You grate on my nerves, but even I don't want to see you disappointed on Christmas. Maybe Monday, when the store's open, I can find you a little something to... And Max stops, staring at the tree in a bountiful array of presents beneath. As Max stammers, trying to explain the gifts, Bart tears into one tag to Bart from Santa to reveal his very own copy of Blastomatic 3000. As our story ends, Bart plays his new game, Max puzzles over the presents, and out the window, we see a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer flying away against a moonlit sky. Here's the story of a dear father we know, and his sacrifice made such a long time ago. Jorel, 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 God is the father of Kalel. In a Krypton town was a boy child's birth, but impending doom made him a savior to earth. Jorel knew Krypton's end was drawing near, which brings up the question, how did soups end up here? Jorah looked it up on Google Sky, and he said, Earth has nice folks, even though they can't fly. Jorel, 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 God is the father of Kalel. He put his son in a big comfy rock. Then he stood with his wife, and they told him good luck. He gave his life that his one son might live. Who saves us quite often? What a nice gift to give. Jorel, 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 Jorel. God is the father of Kalel. Jorel, 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 Jorel. God is the father of Kalel.
that was Jor-El Jor-El by Michelle Osorio, and you can find the video for that on her YouTube channel under the username Michelle Kenobi. Other songs you heard in the episode included Zat You Santa Claus by Louis Armstrong, Holly Jolly Christmas by Burl Ives, The Little Drummer Boy by The Great Johnny Cash, and Joy to the World by Nat King Cole. Well, folks, we have nearly come to the end of our little Christmas spectacular. Christmas will be here before we know it, and I want to wish you all the very merriest of holidays. I will be spending Christmas Day with my family. Uh, Even though my sister and I are both adults and on our own, Mom and Dad still like having us out Christmas morning. And truthfully, I like spending Christmas Day with them, too. I may end up spending Christmas Eve at home this year, with my grandparents all gone now, my extended family doesn't get together as often unfortunately and as far as i know there's no plans for a christmas eve get together but sometimes a night at home can be relaxing and fun too in any event i'm very glad you could join me for this special holiday themed episode i want to thank you for indulging me as we stepped outside the normal coverage area for a little holiday fun and and i truly hope that both it and the stories serve to brighten your holiday If you enjoyed this and would like to become a regular annual event, be sure to let me know. Stop on over to greatcrypton.com and send me an email or click over to the Facebook or Twitter pages and send me a message that way because I'd really be interested in knowing your thoughts. Next week, we'll be hopping in our one-horse open sleigh and traveling back to the Golden Age as I'm rejoined by Charlie Niemeyer for some Superman radio serial goodness. In the meantime, please remember to stop by the Superman homepage as well as the Superman Podcast Network. Both sites are stuffed full as a Christmas stocking with tons of Superman content sure to make your holiday even brighter. As always, Superman was created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster and is copyright DC Comics. I hope you all have a very merry, happy, enjoyable, and safe holiday and are able to spend it with your family, friends, and loved ones. I want to thank you again for listening, and I will talk to you later. Merry Christmas.
Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown.